Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we do rejoice, and we are glad in it. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm privileged to serve as pastor at Victory Church of Charlottesville, and thank you for joining us this morning. Welcome back. We have been gone for uh, about a month or so, and, and by gone, I mean we haven't had this more formal Sunday morning moment, but as I've always mentioned, the church never closed. In fact, for the month of July, we simply refocused much of our efforts to our small groups where we've been discussing The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby. And it's been, it's just been a great time of fellowship and encouragement um, as a church. And it's also given our all volunteer staff, myself included, uh, some time to catch up collective breath after transitioning online March 8th in light of the pandemic and and, and figuring out how to do that as well as we possibly could. We just allowed our volunteers to, to breathe a bit and focus again on the Color of Compromise group. So welcome back. We're glad to be back in this space. Um, we will be on Facebook Live for the, the near future. And, and what I wanna do today really is, is talk about, uh, or do a few things. One, um, just kind of give an update and talk about where we will be moving forward as Victory Church. Um, and secondly, I want to, uh, share a brief word of encouragement with you, and uh, and then we'll also lead a moment in receiving communion. So if you need to run and grab your 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 grape juice and your bread now, do so, or, or your crackers, your water, your kids' goldfish in their juice boxes, whatever that might be, uh, we will uh, remember the Lord's table together today, and, um, and, and we'll do all of that in 29 minutes. So again, uh, thank you for, for joining us here on Facebook Live, I think it's quite interesting because when we started Victory Church a couple of years ago, I told our communications team, I will not be on Facebook Live or Instagram Live or YouTube Live. That just is not my typical nature. And yet never say never because here we are. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for the mediums through which we can still um, connect and we can still communicate um, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which we are here um, to celebrate. And so that's what I want to do today uh, in the few moments that we have. And so firstly, just again, uh, as a welcome, you can see in the chat box some ways that you can learn more about Victory, ways that you can worship uh, with us through giving, uh, ways that you can tap into archived videos on our YouTube page, including our worship team, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, they're not joining me in this particular moment but that singing you heard prior to my coming on was our Victory Worship team and they continue to record and, and, and lead us in worship and in the ways that they can during this time. Uh, and so again, the first thing I wanted to just talk about just where we've been and, and really more importantly, where we are going um, and how we're going to move forward as a, a church community. For the rest of this calendar year of 2020, we will be online. Um, so Victory Church will be uh, <clears throat> having this moment virtually on Sunday mornings at 1030, and all of our small groups will also be online. Not an easy decision to come to, um, but again, then again, an easy decision to come to. Um, there, there's nothing like being in person, um, like embracing one another, putting a hand on a shoulder, connecting with one another over Princess Cake in our fellowship hall. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like participating in worship together with our worship team in front of us um, as they lead us. There's nothing like that. We are created for connection, um, inherent even in the triune God, God the Father, uh, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
uh, is relationship, is community. Even in Genesis chapter 1 and 26, it says, let us make mankind in our image. Relational. We're designed for connection. We're designed for community. And yet in the midst of the uncertainty uh, in this pandemic, um, you know, day to day, we're understanding more about this virus. We're understanding more what risk really means. In the midst of that uncertainty, we wanted to provide as a church as much clarity uh, as we possibly could. Um, and, and so in doing so, we've decided that we will uh, move everything online. And, and that was with an ad hoc advisory committee from you all over the last couple of months that uh, helped us to reach that um, that decision. And of course, we're willing to pivot at any, mo at any moment and point in time where it's deemed wise to do so. Um, but at least for the near future, it'll mean this Sunday morning moment online and our small groups also being online. And let me just say parenthetically, I am so grateful for a group of people who are committed to be un being aligned with uh, the vision at Victory Church and being aligned with people. I think there's so much to say about the notes of the text, the emails, the check-ins about, hey, how are we moving forward? What are we going to be doing? Because to me, it speaks to the togetherness, if you will, that has been forged over really a short period of time. So that's not lost on me. And I am so grateful um, for your, your, your hearts for God and your hearts for each other. As I like to say, we, we ride for Jesus and we ride for each other at Victory Church and we do things um, together. And even as I encouraged our volunteer staff last week in the weekly meetings we continue to have over the month of July, um, from Hebrews chapter 10, 24, I wanted to encourage you today to think about how we might uh, love one another and, and spur one another on to love and good deeds. Uh, what does it look like for us to not giving up meeting together, particularly during this time, whatever the format, uh, but indeed continuing to encourage one another, uh, which for us now, instead of it being a shoulder or a you know, quick handshake uh, in person, it might mean a text. It might mean, you know, you letting somebody know that the scripture you just read, you prayed over them in a, in a, you know, a 20 character text or, um, or a phone call. Remember that when we picked up the phone and called some folks um, or an email or some other way that you say you're thinking about them, you love them, you're celebrating their birthday with them, you're mourning the losses that they may be experiencing with them. Um, be creative in the ways that you can to continue uh, to continue doing that. Uh, and you might even join our Monday night prayer calls, uh, which we are still having. And how many know that where two or three are gathered, even virtually, God is there. And so you're more than welcome to join us in that moment as well. And further, you know, our decision to to have all of our activity be online by no means precludes you from initiating other creative means of fellowship. Um, and, and, and that, again, can be to whatever level of comfort you personally might have. Please do. There are some right now in our community who I know have coordinated small groups of folks with masks and social distancing, prayer walks around different parts of the community. Uh, you know, as a family, we have uh, we have really taken on uh, drive-bys, something that we're comfortable with, with friends and neighbors and uh, a lot of our kids, classmates, particularly those we haven't seen on the Zoom calls and those who I know might be struggling a bit more with the idea that schools are going to be virtual. And that's what we've uh, decided to do in this space. So please have at it 
um, coordinate the different events, coordinate, like John Witherspoon would say, coordinate those times of, of fellowship that you can, that you are comfortable with, um, and be safe as, as you were doing so. And my hope is that the clarity around what we will be doing officially as Victory relieves you, if you will, in some way to do what you might be comfortable doing. It just may not be Pastor Paul in Victory that's saying, come and do this, um, but, but by all means, you can go and be the church wherever you are wherever you are. Um, so again, Sunday morning will now be a time for a brief uh, word, some updates today, communion and and prayer. Um, and again, our worship team, as I started to allude to earlier, they're still recording, they're still doing all of the things um, that they were doing and probably more. And we'll have a lot of their recorded videos on YouTube, um, our YouTube channel, which I think in the chat box, you might be able to find a link to that. Um, if not, you can find it through our website. And uh, in so doing, I've even asked or will be asking our small group leaders in the fall to, to incorporate those worship moments into your time together. Because though not in person, uh, there's something about music and experiencing it together with other folks uh, that allows worship to be more full. And so we would encourage you to, um, to engage that. And also on our YouTube channel, We'll have other messages, uh, of course, the archive sermons, but we'll also in time have uh, some videos, short ones about life at Victory and what it's all about, discipleship at Victory, small groups at Victory, um, the messages that we would hear every single Sunday uh, in person around why we give so that there's understanding in what we are doing when we worship in that way. Those messages will also be archived there. So please, 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 please take advantage of those uh, um, those as well on our YouTube channel. And let me just say uh, another quick parenthetical, maybe not so quick because it's important um, to highlight the folks in our Charlottesville community who have been serving, particularly those on the front lines, because there are many who are serving, those on the front lines in ER and ICU, the firefighters and many others, um, and taking on uh, the the typical sort of psychological and emotional sort of strain and stress, but even more so in this season, um, and have done so with excellence such that we have felt informed uh, about this pandemic. We can be cared for in this pandemic. We are so thankful and grateful. Um, and to that end, as you worship God in your giving, we've had real impact in saying thank you. Thank you in the form of meals. Um, thank you in the form of literal practical means for those who lost much due to a fire early on in our Charlottesville community, uh, and practical means as of late in partnering with residents looking for housing uh, at a reasonable rate in the city of Charlottesville, particularly in this pandemic, and partnering in a way that we can help them experience victorious living. Um, you and your giving as unto the Lord has partnered uh, in a real way down here on earth to see impact in our community. And so uh, again, we appreciate you and thank you so much um, for that. So welcome back. Uh, as I said in March on our first online service, the church never closed. And, and you can, gosh, the more that we have, have kind of gone in and out of different ways of, of communicating the gospel through these means, it has only solidified that when we do get back in person, it church cannot be the same. Um, and, and we already even had planned some things in May of a prayer walk in lieu of a Sunday service of, of, of 
cookouts at Townsville Park and other spaces in Charlottesville as ways to bring church to our community. And even more so, we'll be doing so when we, we get back. So I pray that you even reimagine uh, what Sunday morning will look like when we come back such that we can uh, reach our uh, city in ways that I know God's called us to do. Uh, so with that, uh, the beginning of every single year, we, we, we come up with a, a sermon series for every month of the year. And this year was no different. Of course, with the pandemic, some things were adjusted, uh, March and April. But for the month of August, we had planned to walk through the book of Philippians. Uh, it was our goal in this year to begin walking through at least two books of the Bible and to do that every year in addition to some of the other more topical sermon series and I've decided to stick with that. And so today I want to frame that sermon series since the front end of updates and announcements was a bit longer than it will typically be um, and frame that that conversation that I'd love to have over this, uh, the course of August. And then we'll jump again into communion and finish our time with prayer. So turn with me, if you will, to the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians. And uh, we're going to be looking uh, at Chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2. Chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Lord, open our eyes so that we may see all of the wonderful things in your law. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It reads this way. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If I were to title this message, although again, I'm really framing our conversation for the month of August, but if I were to title this message today, it would be Pass It On. Pass It On. Um, I think about the Broadway uh play Hamilton, which has now uh, been on Disney Plus for maybe, I think, a couple of weeks at this point. And in that time, uh, all of our kids have become honorary members of the Hamilton cast, and you cannot debate that fact with them. The conviction with which they spit all of the lyrics to about 90% of the songs is undeniable. Uh, they are cast members in Hamilton, and it shows up at the most random of times in our house. Um, I'll be, for example, trying to settle a dispute. In our home, we have disputes occasionally. We call them intense fellowships. Uh, even the adults have them. And I will be trying to uh, settle a dispute when I'll say something like, hey, what, what happened? And out of nowhere, the kids become Lin-Manuel, and they're like, um, uh, but wait a minute, it's it's a blur, sir. <laughs> Almost forgot the line. They're Lynn Manuel and they come up with all these lines out of nowhere, and I can't help but laugh and just recognize just how much they have taken on some of the content. We were driving through the rain yesterday to go to Lowe's uh, to get some tools, and uh, and and the rain was coming down pretty hard. And and in that moment, one of the kids said, "The hurricane came and devastation rained. Our man saw his future drip dripping down the drain." And I said, these kids have literally taken on this stuff in such a way they can pass on every bit of Hamilton to you. You cannot tell them that they are not Hamilton himself or the Schuyler sisters. We've got a couple of daughters 
who will tell you firsthand that when they meet Thomas Jefferson, or if they could, that they tell him to put women in the sequel, just like the Schuyler sisters did in the play. They have taken it on. And as such, they can pass it on. If you've not seen it, go see it. It's a good, it's it's good. If you can get Disney Plus or get somebody's you know credentials or whatever to get in there, it's a good. But I think about the people of God and I wonder about those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, what it is that we are passing on. What is it that just oozes out of us, no matter what the scenario, the circumstance or the context or the subject. And the main point of this time together today, as we frame uh, the, the sermon series on the book of Philippians, is that we can only pass on what we've received. We can only pass on what we receive. They are receiving some Hamilton and they are passing it on at every turn. And in the book of Philippians, Apostle Paul is convinced that the joy of the Lord can be present no matter the situation and that he is doing his best to pass it on to the church at Philippi. Uh, he's writing this church to, uh, or rather this letter to the church at Philippi, which uh, it's believed the writing was about AD 61 and 62, and it was the first church that he planted in Eastern Europe around AD 49 on his second missionary journey. Um, and that story is told in Acts chapter 16, if you want to go and read that, where Paul and Silas, his partner in the gospel, were preaching, and, and Lydia, the first person that, that uh, came to know Jesus, her whole household was saved. And then when they were in prison, there was an earthquake, and the jailer who had been pretty much torturing them, also came to Jesus Christ. And that was their, their launch service for their church plan. How about that for a launch service? An earthquake and a jailer who was just tearing you up being the first person to be saved. That's how the church at Philippi was launched. And so the city of Philippi was a Roman colony in ancient Macedonia, and it really was comprised of a lot of retired soldiers, and there was a lot of patriotism, uh, uh, nationalism, if you will. And so Paul faced resistance there when he announced Jesus as king. Uh, and after he had moved on from there, those who had become followers and were a part of that church, uh, they too received similar persecution and resistance for their announcement of Jesus as king, but they remained a rather vibrant community. Somewhere along the line, Paul gets thrown in prison again, uh, and word gets back to the church at Philippi. And so they send one of their leaders, Epaphroditus, who traveled about 800 miles at this point to Rome, where the Apostle Paul was serving his sentence. Epaphroditus brings gifts, brings updates on the church, expresses love for Paul on behalf of the church. And it's in response to that visit in prison that Paul then writes this letter that we know uh, for our purposes as the book of Philippians. It's the letter to the church at Philippi to thank them for the financial gifts, to update them on his situation that, yes, he's in prison, but that God is there and that God is being glorified and that everything is OK and that he wanted them to also reflect Jesus the same in whatever challenges that they might find themselves in. He wanted to give them in this letter some guidance, some spiritual wisdom as their pastor. And he wanted them to know he was concerned for them and that he was praying for them. So here's a brother, Paul, writing from prison, saying that their lives, and he says this in chapter 1, verse 27, as citizens should be consistent with the good news about the Messiah. That yes, they were living in this hotbed of Roman patriotism, but that their way of life was to be shaped by another king, Jesus. 
And joy, he says, in the midst of a pandemic, if you will, that joy can be your portion. Joy can, too, be our part portion. And mind you, the, the being a Roman prisoner, as you might imagine, was no cakewalk. So he wasn't writing from some lofty place about joy. He's sitting in prison talking about joy. It's like the New York Knicks talking about winning. Right. He's writing. up. I think I can say that I'm from New York. But anyway, sorry, Nick fans. But it's like a Nick fan writing about winning. He's in prison and he's writing them about joy and saying, I've received such. And you, too, can receive and experience the joy of Jesus Christ, no matter the pandemic. No matter the number of names you saw, Paul Harris, on Facebook of people you knew in New York that literally by the day were passing away due to COVID. No matter the loss that you're experiencing personally, maybe in your own health right now, no matter the loss you might be experiencing financially due, due to this pandemic, no matter the loss you might be experiencing due to sense of self and identity because of the things you're not able to engage during this time, going to the gym, fellowshipping with friends, whatever that might look like, Paul is saying, yes, in the midst of not minimizing or denying that reality, but in the midst of it, we can experience the joy of the Lord being our strength. He wasn't ignorant of the injustices at play. He didn't minimize nor ignore them, but he is simply saying we can be content. And I'm getting ahead of myself because that's chapter four, four verse 13, where it says we can do all things. He's saying we can be content. We can have the joy of the Lord in all things. And so he then opens up chapter one by saying, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've read Paul's epistles, uh, this is his standard greeting, noting himself as the author, Timothy, in this particular opening, as a partner in the gospel that later on he says he plans to send to them, and making clear that they are servants of Jesus Christ. Even in his salutation, he's encouraging them to also be servants, which is setting the stage for the humility that he's calling them to in Philippians, to the unity that he's calling them to that is rooted in service to Christ. He then addresses the recipients in this opening. The congregation calling them holy people or saints, marking them as God's people, addressing then the leaders in the church who no doubt had something to do with organizing and facilitating the aid that was sent to him through Epaphroditus. And then he concludes by wishing them grace and peace from prison. Grace, the unmerited favor of God, the empowering presence of God, and peace, the result of God's grace at work in the lives of the believers. His blessing is a reminder, for one, that grace and peace doesn't come from him but in fact does come from the Father and that he can only pass along to them, if you will, because he's received from him being our heavenly Father. He's experiencing and has experienced grace and peace in real time. And so in coming weeks, uh, throughout this month of August, I wanted to talk about uh, why he was able to pass on grace and peace how he encourages the believers at Philippi and, by, and, and us, by extension, to also experience and embody the same. And so the question that we can all 
ask ourselves is, do we want to be able to pass on more grace? Do we want to be able to pass on peace? Scripture says, blessed are the peacemakers. Do we want to be able to do that? If so, we can only pass on that which we've received. And I believe now is as good a time as any when we're collectively experiencing an incredibly surreal and often painful time. And no doubt individually, we're either going into in the midst of or coming out of a difficult circumstance. It's a pretty, pretty uh, ripe time, I would say to receive that grace in peace such that we can pass it on to those in our sphere of influence who also so desperately need it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, just this time of, of, of sharing, this time of coming back to this virtual space, even on this new platform of Facebook Live with a virtual background I've not used in church before. Uh, but you are here, and I thank you for even those who took the time to tune in today to this introductory message as we head into the book of Philippians to see what you have for us. And in this short but very practical book, I pray that you'd open up our eyes to see all that you have for us. I pray for those even listening today who may not know uh, you as their Lord and Savior, that in this moment, as they hear of the joy that Philippians writes about over 16 times or so it's mentioned as, 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 as they hear of that and want to receive that, and even this moment, God, that they would receive that, uh, that they would receive you, that they would open up their hearts and ask you to come in, recognizing that this life as a Christian does not mean it's a storm-free one, but that it can be a storm-proof one, that we can get the privilege of partnering with you to see your will in heaven done here on earth. We thank you, Heavenly Father, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, at this time, I'd love for you to, to join me. Um, I think I'm at 28 minutes. So in the next 60 seconds, we are going to receive communion together. Um, and and, um, and I'd like for you to join me. If you don't have uh, communion elements, again, it's not so much what you have, but just something that's symbolic of the Lord's body uh, and his blood, that which was broken and shed um, for us on Calvary's cross. So I'll give a second for you to to go and get that. For those of us who have been at Victory in person and now tuning in, you know that we celebrate communion and it is the celebration of the gospel. The gospel being that Jesus took on our sin and received the wages of sin, which is death, in our place so that we could be made whole through him. And communion is for anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says that we should not, though, take communion in an unworthy manner. And so for about 20 seconds or maybe less, just take a moment to reflect on where your heart is. And to repent for any ways that you know that you've thought or spoken or behaved that has been contrary to his will. And to ponder the reality of Jesus Christ shed blood on the cross and what that means for us. So take a second and examine your hearts as I examine mine as well. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, at the latter part of verse 23, that on the night that our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, 
which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take and let's eat together. Verse 25 says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. And that through your blood, we have the opportunity not just to live again eternally, though we are grateful that we can avoid the penalty of sin. But that also here on earth, we can live in such a way that we are free from the power of sin. And until that day when we are relieved from the presence of sin, I pray that we would be mindful any time we come to this table and any table that we sit down to enjoy a meal or otherwise, that we remember the privilege we have to partner with you to see your will done on earth as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Victory Famine friends, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us in this here, our first 29, actually 31 minute endeavor on Facebook Live. We will continue to adjust and pivot as needed to be the church in the spaces, uh, the safe spaces we have to be the church. But I'm thankful for you that you've joined us in this way. And um, just as, if not more importantly, I encourage you to join us in, in the ways that we connect throughout the week, Monday night prayer, uh, small groups. Um, uh, and if you connect with us on, offline, we can maybe even plug you into our uh, volunteer meeting that we have at 930 as a group on Sunday mornings. Um, but we love you and we pray that you'll continue, particularly in this season, uh, to live in victory. Have a blessed day.